Welcome to Extra Points with your host, Cousin Sal, and his pals, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. All right, welcome to Extra Points, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. I'm Cousin Sal coming to you with my good, good pals, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. Now, I'm going to set the table a little here. It's a little unorthodox what we have going on. I am feeding off the data on my phone. I have no Wi-Fi, but that is nothing compared to what young Charlotte is doing. She has hit the road. She's rented a pickup truck. She, she said podcasting's too easy for her just to sit at home. She's now on the road talking to us. She has a mic set up. She has a recording device. And and she, what are you doing, Charlotte? Where are you going right now? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I wanted to up the level of difficulty. You know, it's like you graduate from a video game. You got it. And I just want everyone to know I'm not looking at the phone and I have a microphone. So I'm being very safe and I'm going very slow and I'm on a highway and there's no snow and the phone just fell over. So Uh oh, there um, you go. Now we see her her feet on the pedals. Okay. All right, Dave, we have to because I think we I think we could be brought up on uh, criminal charges, Dave, if uh, something happens to Poor Charlotte. I, I just want to, guys, listen. Nothing's going to happen. The, it's, it <laughs> need, Charlotte needs to focus on the road. I don't want her attention distracted. Sal, you're having your issues. You're hungover. You went on a twister celebrating your big victory last night. Muzzle tub on your prime time under the cloak of night, shining a light on the best bets for all the uh, betting world to see. Muzzle tub to you. I want you two to just relax. I'll take it from here. Give me the <laughs> next hour. Me and the listener. And I'll start off by talking about how <laughs> a grape candy doesn't taste at all like a grape. Like, a, I'm not saying the grape candies don't taste good, but yeah. they don't taste anything like grapes taste, you know? Oh, that's now, true. Can, that's anyway, true. Anyway, all right, let's talk about all this. No, I mean, what, uh, what, Dave, what, it, go ahead. It Dave. might come down to it where you have to do seven minutes on each reindeer as our, our like our very tenuous situation. I was just going to say, so all we have to do is tell is like mention a fruit and Dave's good for 60 minutes. That's true. Yeah. You could, you could get lunch. You could pull over at the next Hardee's or wherever you you need. Yeah. I'm just going to turn the camera off and you'll think I'm still here, but I won't be. Rudolph gets all the spotlight for obvious reasons, but it it is weird that there are some like they just get lost in the mix. Isn't it weird that one of the reindeer is named Cupid? We don't talk about that. Yeah, enough. that is strange. I, there, I thought there was only true. one Cupid on the planet Earth and uh, floating around nude. But as it happens, there's also a reindeer floating around over the sky, you know, hanging yeah, around. There's the no North shortage of names. Certainly there wasn't when they made these up. But I was thinking about Cupid the other day and you was uh, I mean, this Mason Rudolph thing now has to have you. If he wasn't your favorite before, uh, shoots to the top of the list. Let's talk about that Thursday night game. Oh, my God. First of all, I think we take for granted how great Thursday night football is. I know the players rather skip it. It's not good conditioning wise. It's not great on their bodies if they had played the Sunday before. But my God, what a game. Um, 30-27 final score. I went on Thursday night football. I said 31-27. I forgot, Dave. I forgot they didn't kick the uh, extra point in overtime. But the Chargers prevailed. They won the game. That made it eight in a row for me on Thursday night football. Um, what, what do you say? It starts off with John Gruden wearing an Oakland Raiders cap. They are not in Oakland, correct? They are now in Las Vegas. <laughs> As I understand it, yes, it's very confusing and Gruden's not helping matters at all. What is reminiscent, though, of Oakland, John Gruden, is that if you blurred your eyes watching once Derek Carr came up uh, lame with the leg and Marcus Mariota came into the game, if you blurred your eyes, you might see why John Gruden 
was hearkening back to the Oakland days because Marcus mm -hmm. Mariota is Rich Gannon, who won an MVP in that offense. I think Marcus Mariota has taken the job, and I, I, I imagine that Derek Carr is now essentially on the market for 2021. Do you and really? Team's gonna, yeah, I do, and I think Marcus Mariota, who's locked up, all of a sudden it sort of breaks as a nice deal for the Raiders that they have Marcus Mariota there to take over in 2021. What are they and paying him? $17 million for two years? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, I think it was like right. 15 or $17 million for two years, and he's clearly the best backup now in the league. I don't know why they, uh, people thought it might be Andy Dalton. I don't know if we're lending too much credence to one game, but Dave and Charlotte, we talk about poise and how it's not used as an adjective on anyone really other than a, a quarterback. Like you're not going to say, oh, my FedEx delivery guy. Just look how he dropped off the, uh, the uh, you know, the, 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 the what do you call it? Uh, the candy basket there. Uh, wow, what poise he showed. No, you're not going to say that. You're going to say that about uh, a quarterback. And Mario would have had it immediately when he got in there, running for first downs, four for four on fourth down. Like third and one couldn't convert, but fourth down, he was the man. And someone who had the Chargers like me, when they were up seven to three with the ball and Mariota coming in, we hadn't seen him yet. I'm like, oh my God, this is easy. Well, nothing's ever easy. Uh, Herbert was amazing. Um, Anthony Lynn then ices his kicker, Badgley, who's awful anyway. So that was Anthony Lynn's, uh, and then forgot that he did that. He's like, oh, did I do that? I don't remember that I called timeout. Oh, whatever. It was probably just to get the offense set. Like, okay, terrific. Then the Raiders are stopped in overtime. They kick a field goal. Uh, you thought they were going to go right down the field and score after winning the toss. And then Herbert right there. Oh, my God. The long passes. And Keenan Allen wasn't even in. He's, got, he's hitting these second-rate receivers and then takes it in himself. What determination. I'm, just to get me my eighth win, it didn't, didn't seem right that that's all that this was about, right? I think it was all a real credit to you, Sal, that, uh, that they rallied <laughs> in the way they did. I mean, the, it really was two straight – that you, you hit on it. The, these primetime games have been such a salvation collectively for yeah. uh, us in terms of these three and a half hour chunks of distraction from everything else. And uh, and what a game starting off with. Let's not uh, let's not gloss over it. I mean, top three in the conversation for the number one uniform matchup of 2020. Oh, uh, I mean, what, I mean, that was, I, I mean, for real, I, I, I felt, I, I passed out for the first um, eight minutes of the game. I swooned so right? hard. Well, I, I, I just was so gaga for that uniform matchup, but then I got going. You're right. Herbert dynamite, of course. And then uh, the low lows, of course, of seeing a man. I mean, I, for real, let's also not gloss over this. I thought Hunter Renfro was literally dead. Oh, I yeah. thought he was. Yeah. When I saw that, and then they, the only thing that saved me, I had to rewind it to make sure. Wait, I didn't miss see him jump back up before they went to commercial. I had to rewind it and watch it again because right. if they would have gotten to break and he hadn't jumped up, my assumption would have been literally that he was dead. Did I mean, how does a human head bend in that manner and and you still are up and walking around that was insane Rod, i can't Rod think Tidwell, about it too like much jerry Maguire. yeah i know charlotte what'd you take from that game i took from that game that well first of all my iq dropped i felt the the <laughs> when it went into overtime it was like you know there's this old joke that two jewish ladies go to a deli and um they sit down and you know they have their food and at the end the waiter comes over and he says so how was everything and they go well the food was terrible and the portions were too small. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe we have more of this coming in overtime. But, I mean, the Chargers basically play themselves. Like, it's so frustrating 
watching that, you know, Anthony Lynn mismanages the clock like it's like he's trying to. Like, it's hard to be that bad at managing a clock by giving it any thought at all. And then at the end, Herbert just gets in there. And um, it's like they're winning despite themselves in these games and they have talent. And I don't know. I also think that it shows that Gruden, like, I don't I'm I'm. Why don't we talk more about John Gruden not being a great football coach? Like, I yeah. know he won a Super Bowl, but it, it, you're watching. I was watching a game, and it was entertaining because it was so stupid. But I really did feel myself getting dumber with every with every play. And like a, a knock on him, also Gruden is the dry. I have some Raider fan friends. Brother Brian's a huge Raider fan, and he's like, you're not even seeing what the swings and misses they've taken in these drafts the last couple of years in the first through three and four rounds. Um, same kind of thing. Yeah, I know, Charlotte. I, I look at the charges. I'm like, freaking Anthony Lynn. They, this team should be 12 and four. And then I'm like, oh, how do they ever win any games? This team. I don't know. They're they're cursed. What's the what's the supposed to uh, level with the Chargers, Dave? Are they supposed to blow it? Uh, or are they supposed to win some of these games? Oh, I think I think they benefit at least uh, that the football gods long ago left them with any sense of supposed to. They're I don't know. Uh, yeah. they're, they're the opposite of that. They're the most jinxed uh, group that there is. This uh, And this does include in our league the Jets and otherwise. The, the Chargers are just uh, have a pox on them. But in spite of themselves, I feel like the, the future is bright, isn't it? I mean, uh, injuries notwithstanding is always, and the Chargers mm-hmm. especially suffer from that. But, I mean, they have Justin Herbert. And that's the big takeaway of that game that ultimately figures to be meaningless. Now, neither one of these teams is moving on to January. It would it would, it right. would seem, but where do you go now? I know react to whatever you just saw is, uh, is the way, but for real, win, play, show those three quarterbacks, Sal. I mean, who do you, I mean, it, it's, it's almost unfair to, to the other the future. Two, yeah. But doesn't it feel like already that Justin Herbert and it's not a knock on on um, Burrow or Tua to say like I feel like Justin Herbert. Well, what's not fair to Justin Herbert is to make this comparison. Feels a little bit like Dan Marino, right? I mean, just in the he puts it Justin Herbert like old school puts it on his receivers, even if they're covered. There, there's a guy, there's a human being standing 18 inches away from the pass catchers. No matter 20 yards downfield, mm. Justin Herbert just puts it on the receivers and. Um, how Boy. about that rolling right when he's rolling yes. right? Very few quarterbacks in the league could com- yes. complete that pass. That is a pass that goes out of bounds uh, nine out of ten times. And he's finding Hunter Henry. He's finding receivers tiptoeing the sidelines, like threading the needle and completing that pass. That's not a, a wasted pass when the quarterback's in, n- normally in trouble. It's interesting, Dave, with the three. Like, Charlotte, I know you love Burrow the most like a month ago or whatever, maybe a little more. And he looked great, and he was putting up the numbers, and he had It's because he went to Virginia. Control. Is yeah, that why? Because he went to Virginia? I think <laughs> I so. I don't even remember. Kind of close. Not, somewhere down south there, I remember. Uh, so, okay, we love Burrow, but as far as someone who's looked like it, and, and two is a little green. We, don't, we haven't seen him yet. We haven't had a good sample size. He hasn't had to do as much. He, you know, he also looks like the least prepared of the three, but I don't, I don't think you could bet against Herbert. You could certainly bet against him, but you can't bet against his future right now. Cause he seems like a, he's in his third or fourth year and he gets all the uh, nuances are cleared up in his head. Like, I don't think a lot is his fault um, going forth when, when his team loses, you know? 
I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's not a good analysis, but he's no, my no, guy no. of the three, I, I think. I totally, I, I mean, I feel bad. I doubted Herbert a lot. Granted, I don't, I don't think I'd seen enough of, I think I definitely did get blinded by Joe Burrow. I mean, I think that what we saw from him at LSU and honestly, what we saw from him in the beginning playing for a team, I think the reason that Joe was so impressive to me is not only because he's really good, um, but because he was playing on a team that was really bad. And yes, the Chargers can Mm -hmm. be really bad, but I think they have more raw talent than the Bengals. And so I feel like it's hard for me to say between the two of them who's going to be better. But I do know that, I mean, you know, Justin Herbert's healthy right now, and I definitely doubted him. He's been incredible. Even before he, before Burrow got hurt, Herbert was leading the league in stats as a rookie. So I'm going to, I'm going to win play show. I'll put a pin in it. Herbert to, uh, and uh, Burrow third, but I think they're all going to be good. Really that's, a, that's a big one. I think. Listen, you yeah, can do it in the good. off season, and we could yeah. we could do it three years from now or whatever. But the, the fun is to is to get your bets in in advance. Yeah. I mean, not in advance, but like we're we're three quarters <laughs> of the way through the through the season here. I would go in a redraft. I think you. Uh-oh. Oh, I hope I I, I hope Charlotte. she's I hope she's physically well, but I hope uh, Charlotte <laughs> is in the middle of a just a shouting match on the shouting match on the uh, on the freeway yeah. right now with somebody like what the hell you cut me off? <laughs> um, yeah. Also, I hate to keep beating that beating this same drum, but the thing Herbert has over the other two guys is he is not plagued by expectation right now from the very from the very start sort of like Marcus Mariota last night right that all of a sudden it's like Marcus Mariota before you know what like you got to go in there and do something like you just have to react you don't get to like you you don't you don't uh stew for you don't stew for five days worrying about it yeah you're back you're back (laughs) we get it (laughs) we see you Charlotte your video is not matching up with our um Okay, what I'm going to turn my video off, and then when no, we, we do got our parlay, you, you got me? <clears throat> Keep, let's do it now. Let's do the parlay now, okay? I okay, got my let's, okay let's do our parlay now. Let's get it out of the way. Our extra pay, our extra points for extra pay parlay. This is what happens. FanDuel gives us extra points. We each pick a team, and, and they boost the odds. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go first. We've not been successful. Dave has been... Um, Carrying us, although it's it's a weird thing to say carrying us because Charlotte and I usually eliminate the parlay immediately, and then Dave, as an afterthought, <laughs> wins his game. But um, we're gonna try to turn our luck around here and three teamer right now. And I'm gonna go start with the Cleveland Browns over the New York Giants. They're minus four and a half. Thank you, Fanduel. This line is at six, but if you jump on this parlay, you can get it at minus four and a half. Now this game. Dave, Charlotte, it's driving me a little bananas. It's too much for my head to take. You have Jason Garrett, the offensive coordinator of the Giants. He's out with COVID, right? Okay. I'm not applauding that. I'm just honoring him by doing his move. No, that's right. That's right. We don't like, we're not applauding COVID. Who takes over for Jason Garrett? Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens against his old team is going to be calling plays against the Browns. This game was flexed into the Sunday night spot. The Cowboys were flexed out for basically Baker Mayfield and Colt McCoy. 
I don't think it's going to work out for the Giants. I think we saw a nice little flurry from them. This is a Browns team. People are saying, oh, be careful. They're going to win the division. They could sneak up on the Steelers. No, it's not happening. The Steelers are going to trounce the Bengals. And the Browns, though, better be careful because they have to make the playoffs. They probably have to go 11-5, and which means two out of the last three games to make the playoffs. They can't take the Giants lightly. I know they had a crazy Monday night game. They're not going to be able to dwell on that. Bradbury out for the Giants. That's a big, big key point point for the Giants defense. I like the Browns to win this at least by a touchdown. 27-16, not enough offense for the G-men. Browns get it done. Charlotte, take us to leg number two. All right, leg number two. I am riding with the Buffalo Bills. I've hopped on the wagon. Much like Sal's Browns, we're going from six to minus four and a half, which I feel great about. They're going to Denver. Denver has been very inconsistent. You've got Drew Locke throwing, you know, four touchdowns one game and then what, three interceptions the next game? Uh, I think that the Bills, you know, everybody's saying the Bills are hot. You've got Stephon Diggs, who is the most receptions in the NFL right now. You've got Cole Beasley, who all of a sudden everyone's, you know, throwing stats around about him. And I'm in a car, so I don't have them in front of me and I can't remember numbers. So bear with me. Um, Josh (laughs) Allen has the most something for the Bills of all time. I mean, Josh Allen's on fire. I know that people could see this. Oh, there goes the phone. (laughs) Hold on one sec. We're looking towards the sky. Yeah, That's our football gods. That's all. (laughs) <laughs> this is so safe in my pickup truck. Um, I know that people are saying that, you know, this could be a trap game for the Bills or that people are worried because now everybody's talking about how good the Bills are. However, um, <laughs> there goes my video. Whatever. <laughs> I'm just going to keep rolling with it. Um, <laughs> I still think that the Bills are going to do it. I feel like they really are the best bet for giving the Chiefs a run for their money. Um, and I'm going to go with it. So don't let me down uh, at high altitudes, please. There you go. Josh Allen. Charlotte reporting from heaven. She gives yep, us the Bills minus four and a half. <laughs> I have the Browns minus four and a half. Dave, this is a little safer pick, and it's a smarter pick, I think, because you're toying with a key number here. You're taking the Vikings. Yes, that's correct. And first of all, we're not looking to the football gods. I think you guys are looking north to Rudolph. Yes, I'm a... Uh, Big guy, easy to go. make fun of, easy to make fun of until it's clutch time. And then who's there for you? Rudolph slash Dave Damashek. That's who. Um, I right. am going to go with the Vikings here, as you mentioned there, Sal. Thanks to FanDuel, we're pulling this one down across the dreaded number three to just two and a half. That's all the Vikings need to vanquish the, uh, the, um, the fraudulent... Chicago Bears, we knew it way back when, even though when they sat atop the NFC standings. Now, see, this was a team that wasn't overrated, but you could see their fall was coming, um, much like Santa and the rest of those reindeer would have fallen from the sky had it not been for Rudolph. Dave Damashek's here to help you out. Take those Vikings minus the two and a half. I can't tell you what's going to happen with the other two. I can tell you. Your old pal's going to take care of business as uh, as Christmas Day approaches. All right. There. By well, the way, Charlotte, there's the way- no reason to doubt you. No, you. I don't. wish Charlotte could point her head. Uh, I wish she could point her camera to the skies, and we could pray to the gambling gods that that Vikings game doesn't come down to a Dan Bailey field goal. No, as, that's uh, well, of course that's attest. that's the irony of the three yes. there of taking us down uh, under two and a half. But Charlotte had her microphone held in just such a way. I, I was wondering if she might belt out a couple of. She looked like a lounge singer there. Aunt Char might belt out. <laughs> I'm ready to do um, silent night. I'm ready to do car karaoke. 
I uh, I turned my yeah. video off because um, you know that just seems safer. But I hope we got that parlay video in. That was great, right? We did. I think we Good. did. Let me sum it up here. I'm going Browns minus four and a half. Charlotte's going the Bills minus four and a half. Dave is going the Vikings minus two and a half. FanDuel is boosting the points and the odds. The odds go from plus 429 to plus 520. Now this locks on Saturday because that Bills game is Saturday afternoon. So hit us up, FanDuel.com slash extra points. You can go from plus 429 to plus 520. Wouldn't this be the one we win haphazardly? Charlotte's giving her pick from the road. Dave's got Rudolph in the background. My connection is unstable because I don't have a a proper wireless working. This is going to be the one that wins. Fandle.com slash extra points. That's a fun one. Um, I just want to win so badly, you guys. I I just really want to win. It's it's Christmas time, right? This would be the time to do it. Last minute gifts, you know. You want a winner? Now that we're throwing out winners so people have a little bit of scratch in the the bank account to spend on uh, on their loved ones. Um, I, the title game Saturday for the college football, uh, conferences, there's some juicy ones out there, especially if you do a two way, um, teaser. I mean, Clemson is going to win by double digits over Notre Dame. Eddie Spaghetti Mm -hmm. gets very upset on minus three. And I can't encourage you enough to go listen to a grown man weep the way he does when anybody picks against his team (laughs) as though it's a, a personal slight to him. Either way, mm. Clemson is going to win that one, and they're going to win it, uh, win it by double digits. And uh, Ohio State mm. is going to beat up on Northwestern, and I say take those six points as part of a two-way teaser, and uh, and pull that one down. And then at uh, uh, and then um, at midnight on Saturday night, even before the NFL really gets rolling on Sunday. Um, you already have a lot of money in your bank account. Listen to your old pal, Dave, right? So I have a question for you. That's a good one. Yeah, we're going to get to the college action in a bit. Yeah, go ahead, Charlotte. What? Yeah. Oh, well, it was, it's about the college action, so I'll save it. No, that's all right. Go ahead. Hit us up. What happened? Why are you holding on to your Northwestern ticket? Why am I holding on? It's funny because, okay, I bought a North, Northwestern. We might as well talk about this now. Northwestern Ohio State. 19 and a half is the over as the uh, favor. Yeah, it would be an, an interesting over under. 19 and a half. Ohio State is favored by 56 and a half on FanDuel, the over under. I have, I bought a Northwestern to win the Big Ten title at like nine to one odds for $1,000. And I still have it. And right now it's worth almost exactly that. Actually, a little less, like eight, eight and a half right in there. Um, and so I put it up on Prop Swap to see if I can get anything for it. And I could probably get my money back. Now, here's the thing. I'm hearing whispers of uh, some books being cooked in the Big Ten, and maybe this game shouldn't be played, even though we know it shouldn't have been played in the first place. So whereas 24 hours ago, I was like, let me get rid of this nonsense. Ohio State's going to be up 24-3 after the midway through the second quarter. I'm holding on to it. I'm holding ah. on to it. I, I, yeah, I, 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 can't, I can't go into <clears throat> my sources here, but there's a chance that this does not get paid. And uh, the smart thing probably would be to sell this ticket. But um, Ohio State, who's plus 340 to win the whole thing. Forget about just this game. Um, I don't know. Wow. I'm, 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 I know. Sal, I don't want to talk okay. about Telling right. you something okay. without telling you something, everybody. I hope you're listening. That's right. We all have these uh, sources we don't want to expose. Look at Donner's exactly. telling me something in my ear right now. Sal's got somebody <laughs> whispering in his ear there. 
He's saying Cupid is a dumb name, isn't it, Dave? Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll go over those games real quick. Florida, Alabama, 17 and a half points. We saw what Florida did. They blew it to LSU. You could definitely run on them. You could pass on them. 73 and a half is the over-under. That might be the way to go. I actually like Florida plus the points here. It's Trask versus Jones for the Heisman right here. And Bama, the minus 145 favorite to take the whole national title down. But I don't think they need to win uh, by this much. Um Clemson, Notre Dame, Dave, you said it. I don't know. Does Notre Dame do it for Regis? Is this one of those years? Or Clemson, <laughs> who needs it to get in, favored by 10.5? You say it's going to be a trouncing. Uh, 59 and a half, the over-under. Notre Dame should break out the green jerseys. I know that, uh, I don't know if uh, how that thing's breaking, who gets to be ca- called the home team. I think either yeah. way, and I, I, I'm i not just uh, shamelessly shilling for minus three. We had a really good uh, tag team debate. Ramon Foster, yeah. SEC guy, former Pittsburgh Steeler and close with Ben Roethlisberger. So he joined us to divine what's going on with that Steelers uh, offense or what isn't going, but also to talk about the college football playoff. And I think what looms is a big Saturday for college football going forward in this way. If Notre Dame or Alabama loses, they're going to put, let's say either one of those two mm-hmm. teams loses, they're still going to put those teams into the right. into the Final Four. I say garbage <laughs> if you do that. I know it would be harsh, especially if you're Notre Dame, especially Notre Dame. If you lose after already having beaten mm-hmm. Clemson, but you lose your conference championship game, by justice, by the by the system that is in place, you cannot lose a playoff game, which is what a conference championship game is, and then advance to the next round. It makes me crazy, and I kind of hope that that's the come-to-Jesus moment that college football gets here, is seeing how, how ridiculous that is. Have Alabama lose to Florida and then still put Alabama in the championship into the final four. It would be ludicrous to do that. And people say, well, you know, they're better than coastal Carolina. Yeah, I do. That's also the way the playoffs go in any playoff system. You don't lose a game and then, yeah, but we know yeah. they're still better. So put them in anyway. That just, not I know. I kind of like the are. arrogance conference of it. championship games by definition are championship games. I That's like the arrogance are. of it though. I like the NFL, a single elimination and NCAA <laughs> tournament. And it's like NCAA <laughs> football is like, yeah, I don't care. Ohio state didn't play enough games. We don't, uh, you know, that wasn't our rules, but we're going to, we weren't, we're in it for ratings. We're going to put the best teams in this. This is an invitational kind of thing, <laughs> not a playoff. Thank you for saying exactly what it is. Not like it makes you, not like you're uh, like a, we're woke yeah. uh, cynics or anything, but it really is like, let's just lay bare. There is no competitive argument for it. There's no justice behind it. It's like, yeah, well, more right. people will watch Alabama, Ohio State than they would Coastal Carolina, Ohio State. Right. That's really what it comes down to. And it's that's Jeff Schwartz's argument. Like, but who's going to watch that? Like, what, when did that become the, the deciding is. factor in who wins is. our championships? I know, I'm going to play devil's right. advocate for a second. I kind of love the arrogance of it because I feel yeah. like so much of college football is already these arbitrary made-up rules and decisions by a group of people like, you know, the Wizard of Oz behind a curtain that it's like, you know what, let's just call a spade a spade. Let's be honest. No one's going to watch Ohio State, Coastal Carolina, so let's uh, let's give the people what they want. And to me, I don't know, I, it, it, this whole season seems so messed up, and every rule has gone out the window, even the rules they made two months ago. So I'm kind of like, you know what, if there were ever a year to just totally throw it all out the window and uh, show us what's really going on, like, why not? Let's go for it. But I yeah. also just want to see the world burn, so. 
Well, it's tough. I th <laughs> but I think everyone's going to get their way. It seems like Bama, barring a, a, a total meltdown, will win. Florida will be out. Ohio State will win. Clemson and Notre Dame will be the third and fourth team, I think, in there. And then that <clears throat> bookmakers, bookmakers seem to see that one a lot closer. I'm surprised that Bama, Florida is 17 so and a half. Yeah. Um, by, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I just, <clears throat> I feel like, um, I mean, you know, like really make a decision, college football. If you want to break them out and put them in a different, league mm -hmm. conference uh division whatever you want to call it it gets confusing when you start to uh apply the the names to it but i mean just think about it this way cincinnati and coastal carolina are the equivalent of whoever wins the nfc east like it, it would be the equivalent of getting to new year's day and just being like yeah but we're gonna come on we're not really putting the giants into the playoffs over um, over the Ravens. We know that the Ravens are better, so just put them in anyway. That's just not how it works. I, you know, like, I'm sorry that that's the way the cookie has crumbled. Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina are in the same bracket yeah. as you Alabama. You have to put them in. You can't. How do you all justify? Right. Okay, like, okay. Well, yeah, they're all Division One a but but they're not eligible to actually go to the playoff. What that's are we it. talking about? I, anyway, I don't know. It's it, it, it's my uh, perennial upset. It, it probably it, uh, won't how, matter, how but like, that is. is the way it works. We don't even pay these kids. We make a ton of money, and we're going to make further rules that's going to infuriate everybody. But they will probably get the four that are, are most likely to uh, produce the best results in that final four playoff deal. Hey, I want to add a little excitement? That was pretty exciting, I thought, on its own. But if you want to add more excitement to your sports watching experience, bet on all the action on FanDuel Sportsbook. This football season, there's a reason FanDuel is America's number one sports book. Their app is simple to use. They've got great odds on all different betting markets, unique fun bet types like same game parlays. Oh, boy, that's a lot of fun. If you win, they get you your winning safely in as little as 24 hours. Charlotte rents a, a pickup truck and drives your winnings over to you in little as 24 hours. It's, oh, yeah. It's amazing how, uh, how on For top sure. of it they are. And right now, FanDuel is letting you place your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Any game, they'll refund you a grand. If you don't win your first bet, you lose, you get it back. Insight credit. Now, here's what else they're doing. This is craziness to me. You could take either side of the Chiefs-Saints game and get 15 to 1 odds. Just put $10 on it, and they'll give you 15 to 1 odds on either team. So you have to just basically, Charlotte, Dave, not root for a tie and you're going to get 150 bucks back. Is there anything easier than that? I mean, I guess we almost saw a tie last night. Not really. What's easier than that? Nothing. I think it's free the money. Nothing. If you've never tried... Yeah, it is free. It's got to be. We don't see many, many ties there. We saw one tie this year. You never tried FanDuel Sportsbook. What are you waiting for? Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started, and be sure sign up promo code extra points so they know we sent you FanDuel Sportsbook promo code extra points. All right, let's hit that Chiefs Saints game. Dave, you've been talking about this for weeks. You said this is going to shake up the uh the rankings, the right there, the uh the seedings, top seedings for NFC, top seedings for AFC. Um as it is now, Chiefs are a 1 seed, Saints are a 2 seed. Even with this win, I'm not sure they catch the Packers. Um even with this loss, I don't know what happens to the Chiefs. Is it as important as you thought a couple of weeks ago? 
No, I, I uh, shot my mouth off too soon. There were a couple of uh, chapters that got in the way before we reached what I figured was going to be a massive regular season game. As it happens, um, the Chiefs now almost certainly are going to be the number one seed on the AFC side of things. The more significant loss would have been to the mm-hmm. Dolphins last week. The Saints now playing for seeding, but still unlikely to catch the Packers unless Green Bay slips up there. Now it's really a matter of Saints going to Seattle or vice versa. And that's not a small matter, I right. don't think. And and either way, um, boy, I, I, I really think, I know this is rhetoric that people like to spread and then people will push back with numbers at you about like, actually, Drew Brees and the Saints aren't bad outside um, over the last couple of seasons, as bad as they were in the preceding whatever half decade or so, I still don't like Drew Brees on the wrong side of 40. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but um, going into Lambeau as a, for instance, in January, I just don't like right. the the sound of that. A brittle old man going up there if it's if it's cold out to the matter at hand. I think the Chiefs, I know people keep saying they're bored. They're bored. They're waiting for the playoffs. I think they're human beings. I think there is some truth to that. I think that it's time for them to hit the gas, though. I think KC takes off, starting with this one. I think they win by a touchdown. So Drew Brees is playing, right? It seems like he's playing. Everything points to him playing this game. Yeah, Um, he's in. Now, if you you can just sit back and get $150 from FanDuel and say, I don't care who wins. I'm just going to watch two great teams go at it. But if you really wanted to boil this down, the Chiefs are a three-point favorite. God, that seems low. 52 is the over-under. Now, maybe it's recency bias, and we're looking at what the Saints did or what they didn't do against the Eagles last week. They looked like a second-rate team. But as I said, now Breeze is in. It's a different kind of game. I'm looking at this. Is Patrick Mahomes going to have a worse? I mean, that was one of the worst games of his career, right? Three interceptions, and he still played great, and they still really should have beaten the Dolphins, a tough team on the road by double digits. And now they're just laying three to the Saints. I think something's fishy here. It is a fishy game of the week. I think the Saints pull this out. I'm going to say Saints win this. What do you think, Charlotte? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it. that kind of, that line makes me nervous because I feel like someone knows something I don't know. But then again, you mm. know, I also thought that football coaches know more than I do. And Anthony Lynn last night, I think I could have coached that team better. But um, I'm still taking the Chiefs. I still, I think that this is, um, I don't know whether that's sort of a false sense of, uh, insecurity, but I'm, I think that Mahomes coming off a week like that, you know, you throw three interceptions as Patrick Mahomes. I feel like it's the kind of thing he's going to make sure definitely doesn't happen again. I don't think he gets rattled so much as he gets motivated. Um, so I'm still, I'm, I'm taking the chiefs. I'm, I'm riding with Kansas city. Here's the thing. It's a safe bet. The chiefs in that as a as a grizzled gambler, I know now through 14 weeks, the Chiefs are not going to put up a stinker. We saw we saw the Saints put up a stinker and like go down 17-0 in a game they couldn't come back from, right? The Chiefs are going to be in it in the fourth quarter. The Saints, we could see them going away early if the Chiefs have their way with them. That's why yeah. I think that line is so crazy. I, I, I have such psychological problems that I see the Chiefs minus three. I'm like, oh, no, they're not going to give everyone free money. Only FanDuel does that, 150 bucks worth if you want it. But uh, I don't know why. I like I the do Saints think and the though, Lutz Sal, field goal at the end. Yeah. I think that this is one of those things. It could be an Occam's razor situation. It could be that the simplest explanation, which is that the Chiefs are good, that that's the thing to go with and don't psych yourself out. Right. 
The masses aren't always asses. Yeah. Also, the number, but also the number's going to move, right? With the, the with uh, Breeze, certainly. You, go, you think it starter, goes off think, three, right? Like two it? and a half or something. Yeah. Sure, sure. And uh, and beyond that, though, too, like I say, the Chiefs do happen to be, even though Patrick Mahomes can confuse that issue from time to time, they are all human beings at the end of the day. And um, I think that the Chiefs with Andy Reid, there, there is um, the carrot for them that is, let's, I don't want any jive in week 17 going on here. I don't want to have to beat right. the Chargers. That would be... You don't want to have to shoot it out with Justin Herbert, especially with the Chargers weird. I know Sal pushes back on this, but the Chargers do play the Chiefs as well as anybody <laughs> does the last couple of years. You, They just let's let let's hit the gas here. Let's put away the number one seed and then put our feet up in front of the playoffs. Um, I think that that's probably something that the Chiefs players are starting yeah. to think about now. And uh, so I think by vanquishing the Saints here and also, you know, it. it you do. You don't want to show all your cards in front of the playoffs. People get into all that kind of stuff, and the strategies of these two teams mm-hmm. might see each other again in the Super Bowl. I think that's a little overstated. I think more important is um, is uh, hey, let's uh, let's get uh, a couple weeks off here and rest yeah. up for the playoff push, and that's what they. Can it's do weird. They I went at Saints. it with uh, my co-host on Fox Bet Live, Todd Furman. He's like, I much rather have Taysom Hill at plus four than Breeze at plus three. He's like, Taysom Hill is the recipe for a potential disaster. For the Chiefs, he he, you know, he shortens the game for them. They have fewer possessions. They're going to be a run-heavy offense, including him, him being able to move his legs. And I'm the other way. I'm like, no, I think they need to score 30 to beat the Chiefs under any circumstance, which means you need to complete a long pass to Michael Thomas, who didn't practice yesterday. I'm assuming he's going to make a go of it uh, this Sunday. Different story if Michael Thomas doesn't play. But I, I'm I'm envisioning a Drew Brees that could put up 30 points where a Taysom Hill team, even if they could extend, you know, shorten the game, shorten possessions for the Chiefs, um, that I, I see that working. It worked for the most part for the Raiders, but the Raiders still had to score four touchdowns or four touchdowns worth of points to win. Going to be a good game. Lots of fun. That's yeah. the trick. Got to get right. into the 30s. Jeff Schwartz is the Chiefs whisperer. Smart people like Warren Sharp out there are on board with that as well. This nonsense about keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes, uh, uh, you know, time of possession, the Chiefs to death is not a winning strategy against Casey. You just got to shoot it to some degree, shoot it out with them and and uh, force Patrick Mahomes to turn the ball over a couple of times with, uh, with your pass rush without blitzing. That's basically the premise to beat the Chiefs, who are the best team in football. There you go. So it's a, a hard That's premise right. to achieve. Uh, all right, That's let's it. hit a couple more games. Bucks at Falcons. The Tampa Bay Bucks are favored by six. Over-unders 49 and a half, according to Fandle. They play again in week 17. So this is the first time they're playing. I don't know what to say about the Falcons, honestly. Like, every other week I write them off. I'm like, there's no way I'm betting this team the rest of the year. And then last week I had them, and they lost to the Chargers in uh, typical Chargers fashion. So six points, though, seems like a lot to get from Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa Bay 2-2 two and two in the division. I don't think Brady has ever lost ever lost three division games. Is that isn't that crazy? Isn't that a, uh, an insane stat? Never has lost three division games. This would be number three if he lost. He beat the Panthers twice. He lost to the Saints twice, and as I said, he has two now against the Falcons. I'm taking Atlanta reluctantly plus six. I don't know. I think it's like a 29-26 Ooh. kind of mm. final. What do you got? What do you think, Charlotte? 
Uh, I don't know. It, it, here's a fun fact. Um, the Falcons are 28 and 33 since losing to the Pats in that Super Bowl. Yeah. So isn't this that, is it. This nice? is the 28-3 game. How much does Ryan yeah. want Brady? You know, does he put this on his mantle? I'm not sure if, uh, if they're uh, thinking that deep here, but. I mean, I could see this being a surprise. I could see the Falcons having, I don't know. It's just so, t- the Falcons managed to blow it in such inventive ways. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think that if the Bucks are going to be anything in the playoffs, they're going to have to start proving it now. And so I think maybe it's more of a must win for the Bucks than the Falcons, which could go either way. Because as Dave says, you know, curse of supposed to, does that start yeah. creeping up on Tampa Bay now? Or do the Falcons have nothing to lose? And they're like, yeah, sure, let's go win this game. Let's beat Tom Brady. Um, but I don't know. I, I think the Bucks are going to do it. I I don't know if they'll... I mean, maybe, maybe the maybe the Falcon betting the Falcons is a good move, but I, I just I could see it come apart here again because at this point the Falcons are just like the what the hell is yeah. going on team. I think they blow it a close game, uh, yeah, and then they the Bucks thrash them in Week 17 when they need it or if they need it. Uh, the uh, but this is just for show purposes only. I don't recommend betting the Falcons. But honestly, if FanDuel gave me 15 to 1 odds at $10 for the Falcons, I would not take it. Dave, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, I, I we we bounce around on our uh, text chain in uh, in making our picks every week. I really thought that Tampa mm. was a good pick here. Um I mean, it's like I said earlier, um, about beating the Chiefs. I mean, do you do you fear the Falcons getting home on Tom Brady? Mm. No, then then the Buccaneers are an easy pick here. They should win this one by a touchdown at least. I I know that they've played much better um, since Dan Quinn moved on. The Falcons, generally speaking, but uh, yeah, the, it, it you know these teams that are actual contenders and the Bucks are kind of in that mix there. You know this this is where these teams are going to start to. Uh, pull away a little bit um you see that the Raiders couldn't do that and you kind of had that feeling going into this well you certainly did Sal and taking the Chargers you can feel where where the frauds are going to start to fall away Mm. a little bit here um and the Bucks are not a fraud I think they're a player come January I think they perceive themselves to be that certainly I think the the Bucks take care of business in this one it is interesting though when you think about Tom Brady and how brittle he has seemed at times and, and Drew Brees, obviously, with the broken ribs and you watch the Steelers offense not being able to get off with uh, with its Hall of Fame QB and everything. And then you watch Justin Herbert play and, um, you know, the young guys. It really does. I know people have been talking about this for a decade now, literally just about they're like Peyton and Brady and Brees and those old guard guys are going to be moved on and the young guys are coming on. It really does feel like we're maybe right here mm-hmm. now. Like that the old guys, it feels antiquated watching a pocket passing QB who can't run away from pressure. It feel it's starting to really feel I'm like a sure, liability. Especially for you um, and the Steelers. We've not spoken about them, but we will uh Monday for sure. But no, I agree with you. The statuesque quarterbacks. But yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, when you can't run away from pressure and make a play with your and make a play on the run, throwing the ball or taking off and and just running for it, um, it, it really feels like your offense is is un, not unnecessarily limited. I get what the trade off is of having Tom yeah. Brady in there, but 
boy, when you watch guys or when you oh, watch the young guys run around, I out think we there got a little it, spoiled it really too like, by that. Like, because you watch Justin Herbert, you watch Pat Mahomes, it's beautiful. Like, there's a real physical grace, and it's so exciting to see how are they going to get away from pressure? How are they going to run? How are they going to throw the ball while jumping in the air, looking the other way? And then you watch Brady and Breeze, and maybe it is by just by virtue of getting a bit older. Maybe if they they were, and by a bit older, I mean like older, sorry. Um, maybe if they were younger and could adapt in that way, but I mean, Brady's never been good at running anyway, and now they do seem, he seemed terrified of getting hit, and so, which I don't blame him for, but I also can't help feeling like I, I understand the desire to play for a long time, but I kind of think I'd rather go out while I'm at the top of my game and, and looking amazing and not being compared to guys who can run better than I am than sort of hanging on like this, but then, you know, watch Tom Brady win another Super Bowl and I'm going to look like the asshole. So what do you know? Yeah, it's true. It's like, it is the time where the changing of the guard, Kyla Murray, Josh Allen, these are the guys that we enjoy watching aesthetically to the eye there. It's pleasing. If I'm any GM, I don't look for a, a, a quarterback that is much outside of that mold of the Kyla Murray to Josh Allen make plays with their legs. Obviously, Russell Wilson, we've seen for years. Mahomes is just a, a freak. I don't know how you find that in a draft. Anyway, uh, a lot of teams missed out on that. But Charlotte, I want to talk to you about New England and Miami. Now the Dolphins Do we have talk to? about talk about fishy, no pun intended, lines here. Dolphins, they're a better team. Only a one and a half point favorite at home, according to FanDuel. Yeah, I don't. A game I don't they trust must that at win all. against a team that's owned them in the past. But let's face it. This is Belichick in spoiler mode. I, I like this, Dave. This is this is a side we haven't seen out of Belichick. Well, the other thing we haven't seen, and it's about the only thing we haven't seen in 2020, is uh, the Patriots get accused of cheating. So a lot could could be a lot riding on this game. This is where I would I tell cheat you, if I'm Belichick. What do you think, Charlotte? I think we could have used a little cheating. I think maybe we wouldn't have a one percent <laughs> chance of making the playoffs if we cheated a little. Um, that I'm, I don't condone cheating, blah, blah, blah. But um, I don't know. I think it's weird when people say, what What are the Pats, five and two against the Dolphins on the road or just in general? I don't yeah. I don't remember what that stat is, but um, they're, they've been better. And I'm not entirely sure why we're still doing this with, you know, well, the Patriots historically against any team this year because we've never seen, we haven't seen Patriots like this in 20 years. And mm-hmm. Cam has not been good, and I wanted more than anything. I wanted him to be great, and I wanted this to be a redemption story for him. I wanted it to be, you know, Belichick can make, you know, gold yeah. out of straw, and instead, well, it's been fairly painful. Um, Do we and hear? I oh, don't did I know why you would think that the Patriots would win this game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're taking though the Patriots, Sal. Is that, I'm taking the Patriots. I'm gonna take them on TV. I, I, like I hope them. you're yeah. right. I hope you're right, Sal. I just I think I'm also. It's easier not to hope. I'm like, yeah, okay, it's done. In a way, in a way, Dave and Charlotte, this is the game. I don't know that he circles games on his calendar, uh, Coach Belichick, or he has the dog, his draft dog, do it for him. But this is the one he has circled. You know, Fitzpatrick. Not starting in this game, but famously knocked the Patriots out of their bye, sent them on a tailspin where they yep. couldn't play. You know, they had to play that week one and lost to Tennessee. Like, he really must want this game. And I also don't think Cam Newton and the Patriots offense was as bad as we saw them against the Rams. They were stuck here in L.A. for a week. They were clearly not prepared for that game. Not the same kind of offense. I know Miami gets a lot of uh, 
credit for their defense. Not the same kind of defense as we're talking about with the Rams. I think the old man pulls us out. What do you think, Dave? I'm with you on this one. That number is weird, just, you know, in um, objective terms. So how would you explain that except the Belichick mm-hmm. factor and, floor, you know, he, he knows what floors his tendencies are, but also vice versa would be true. What you do know is that Belichick is certainly, for all the, the, the overblown talk about which teams are tanking and which aren't, you know that the Patriots aren't right. tanking now. No. Um, because you would you would certainly go Stidham here against that defense to let him let the kid turn it over three or five times and hand the game over to uh, to the team in Aqua. <laughs> Instead, they're rolling right. with Cam, who I really do think gives him a chance to kind of you know ball possession the Dolphins into the ground and and come away with a victory. And I hadn't really even considered like the the, the uh, yeah well what you did to us last year we're not gonna we're now gonna do to you. And by the way. What that's going to do is open up the nightmare for the rest of the AFC playoff teams, especially the ones at the top of the bracket. Because this, if the Dolphins lose this one, we're getting closer and closer to the Ravens yeah. being a seven seed, and yeah. that's a nightmare. That's just a nightmare for whoever has to play them in the wild card round. The Baltimore Ravens, who were fourteen and two last year with the reigning MVP. I think Man. you're right, Dave. I may have written the Ravens off, but they they have to go three and zero the rest of the way. And I don't see the Dolphins. Dolphins have a tough slate. Yes. Uh, Browns could still be in with the Ravens, right? Who am I missing now? Somebody else. Oh, Ravens, oh the Raiders. Raiders. Ra- well, Ravens yeah. are good. Yeah, so I think that's our seven. Well, the, Titan, the Titans and Colts, right. one of those two, is going to wind up mm. on the lower half of the bracket. Browns will make it. Um, and I think the Ravens, I, I, I mean, I've consistently said that. They're going to win out. The funniest thing in the world would be is if the yeah. Browns lost out. Oh, it really I would, would be, be. I, I mean, would come feel on. We, so we, bad. Come on. It would, I mean, be, it would funny be pretty if funny if that happened. It would be funny. It would be funny. <laughs> Freddie Kitchens does his team. Oh, my God. Well, they have you the Jets, what? though, right? Uh, have the let's Jets just next get week? to that. Let's get to that. That would be so they have, great. I think they have the Jets, right? I mean, that's that. so that'll be 10 wins. Am I wrong? I don't know. Let's look that up. Wouldn't so, it be wild if the Browns were the team that lost to the Jets? Oh, my God. That would be funny. That would be really it, funny. I, I mean, I so the, I would would I feel bad about it? No, I would not. <laughs> I would I would I, of course I would you would really laugh about it because well, listen, and it's not it's not me being a, a Pittsburgh sports fan. It really would be funny because of the because of the Browns just refusal to just stay humble until you do anything good. Just do something a value before you start <laughs> start start walking around like you're the cock of the walk. I'm all for Baker Mayfield behaving the way he does. I think that's great. If they would have taken, let's say, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson doesn't uh, isn't swaggering around talking stuff and everything. But I think for Cleveland and the chip on the shoulder that they deserve to have, I think Baker Mayfield is a great antidote that he is fiery and trash talking but at some point it real i mean come on well let me ask you this and charlotte charlotte game off i know what really your answer is charlotte them. dave what is your answer to this which is funnier the browns lose to the jets in week 16 or the patriots lose to the jets in week 17 but Bo- i don't both think hilarious. i don't I mean, know both if hilarious <laughs> what are you talking about you're not gonna you're not gonna be happy if, if the patriots lose charlotte to the Jets? Oh, yeah. That's, that's a different true. different okay. kind of basement uh for you. Yeah, you're right. 
Sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, if it somehow cost them Trevor Lawrence, oh, if the right. math made it so that the Jets won and played themselves right. out of Trevor Lawrence because of the Patriots, then that would be some sort of weird victory. But like I always say, I have self-esteem issues. So in any circumstance like that, I would always rather be in the second spot. Let somebody else make the mistake. If I were one, if I had a choice between having the first overall pick or the second overall pick, and there were two QBs that I mm. uh, that I desired, and there was a debate about which one's better, I would rather be in the number two spot there so that the other uh, guy. Are they really? Oh, wow. I don't want the. I don't want to have to Are they in jeopardy it. now? Well, I mean, I can't even imagine the jet, Jets. The Jets. No, win I'm a just saying. As a, with the Jaguars, as a rule, I would. Uh, what is? Oh, I guess it would be. I guess it would be AFC opponents, right? Is that what it is? I can't. Well, wait a second. The Jags are. I. I think it. I. I could be wrong. I don't watch the bottom yeah. feeders too closely. Wow. But the Jags are bad as well. And you know, I like I say in this circumstance, I would rather be. Like, I, oh, you're definitely going to take Trevor Lawrence? Okay, we'll take Justin Fields and we'll see if that right. works out. So, because then if, and then if Trevor Lawrence ends up being better, then you're like, oh, well, I mean, I, I didn't have a say in it, but I'd be a big hero if Justin Fields was better. I don't want to have to wear making the mistake. Like, I mean, that, that really is going to be what we'll see. We have a long it's way to great. go. And Tua seems like yeah. a nice kid and good luck to him and everything. But what if Tua, ends up not being as good as Justin Herbert. He'll be Tony Eason. You know, he'll be he'll be Champagne Tony Oof. Eason out of Illinois going to the Patriots instead of Dan Marino. That's a legitimate possibility. We have uh, you know, games, months, years of pro football yeah. before we really decide that once and for all. But, you know, by this time in 2021, if this continues to track in this direction. People would be like, boy, the Dolphins as an organization really screwed up not taking Justin Herbert. And wouldn't that be the irony after they got Dan Marino, uh, you know, 30 years ago, if they ended up making right. the wrong? Well, thing? I have to say, before we sign off, I am very – and you get me excited about these games, even the games that don't matter, these Jets games. It's very – so many storylines left for the last three weeks. I'm so – I don't want to say proud of the players for staying clean and everyone – miraculously passing these uh, COVID tests where the rest of the world is just like, you know, hospitalization is uh, through the roof. Um, but it looks like they're playing these games and God bless it. We have something to look forward to. And, you know, that Thursday night game, win or lose, I was thinking, my God, this is fun that we have this and yeah. lots of big ones coming up this weekend. Uh, right now, we just have to pray that Charlotte gets from uh, A to B. Charlotte, what plugs? By the way, real quick. Uh, Dave, you brought up, uh, you know, Tom Cruise. You had the meltdown on the set. You you surmise that maybe oh, yeah, he, right. uh, why doesn't he die in movies? We had a lot of people write in at extra, the extra points gang at gmail.com. You said who dies the most, who dies the least in movies. Tom Cruise, apparently in that one movie, dies multiple times. So he can't, what was it? The edge of, uh, I don't remember what it was. It's, it's crazy. Edge, edge of tomorrow. It's crazy how... It's almost harder to survive in movies than it is yeah. in real life, almost. I mean, go through all the big stars. Let's I mean, not jinx it, actors, Dave. I'm in Danny the car right now, I'm just going to say. Come on, Jesus I Christ. I should have signed well, off. Well, I, I don't. <laughs> this is awful. Again, I don't want, I don't want. I don't want anything bad for you to, to happen to you, but it would be good for the show if you could at least. <laughs> it would be funnier if I got pulled over and, for speeding. Okay. Yeah, whatever happens, whatever trauma. Uh, again, I hope it's not physical trauma, but please videotape Jesus. everything. So that yeah, we, at least so have, have a recording content. of it. 
But Sean Bean, the answers are that everybody said Sean Bean, the guy who got his head chopped off. Yeah. Um, in Danny Trail, though, right? And, and 65 and, deaths you know, or something? Wasn't he number one? Some website did this. Yeah. 65 yeah. movie deaths. Yeah. Danny Trejo from Heat and otherwise. But look at the guys. Look at the movie star guys. Like, those guys have a hard time surviving. Yeah. You would think the guy, one who's an interesting one, Jean-Claude Van Damme. I don't know that he ever mm. dies in a movie. Wow. So people, here, the best one I've gotten, and and forgive me, I wish I, I should have printed them all out so I could shout them out here, but... I don't know the, the best name that I've given the nature of movies he makes. Clint mm-hmm. Eastwood. Did Clint Eastwood ever die in a movie? Think about all the cowboy movies he was in, mm-hmm. war movies, Dirty Harry. Did he never die in a movie? If he did, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a reason why he hadn't. And uh, to say that if he didn't die at all, that's that's a long. You're right. That's a a, a long body of work to have never died. But. I think the easy answer is these guys are main characters. They're getting paid multi-million dollars. They can only really die in the final scene, right? You need to see them for the movie, right? Yeah. I don't know. And yeah, then yeah, people yeah. think, I know as an artist, uh, I've heard directors say, well, this is, um, yeah, you, you don't want to kill the main character. It's, a, it's an easy way out. So I don't know. That combined with the fact that you need to see them on screen for at least 95% of the movie. Except yeah. that. George Clooney dies in in movies. He's died in movies. Um, that yeah, I, I mean, I I really did put Stallone is an interesting mm-hmm. case because he dies in movies, but that was before he was and a star a hero. himself. He to hero. your point, yeah, he died in like mm-hmm. Fist. He died in Fist and Death Race two thousand in the seventies right. when he That's was more I mean. of a character yeah. actor before right. he made Rocky. But it, I mean, listen, you can go through them and I, and believe me, it's, uh, I'm pathetic. And I so I have gone through it. Um, with yeah, the help no, of, we're with you, Dave. <laughs> with the help of many people. <laughs> but it, it, it is, it is, ama- I want, what I need yeah. from the listener now is we have to figure out, and by we, I mean you, the listener. No, <laughs> I'll, I'll weigh in too. But I feel like what guy has been in the most movies without okay. dying? And I think it might be Clint Eastwood. I think right, it might we'll take be. a look. Uh, I, mean, I guess if they can kill Macaulay Culkin, they can kill anyone, right? In a movie. Um, I'm worried. Charlotte, what's funnier? The Patriots lose to the Jets week 17, or you get into a fender bender um, listing um, what, what you got going on this week? Oh, God. Uh, well, <laughs> first of all, I just want to say, you know, some people listen to podcasts while they drive, but I wanted to be in solidarity with everybody who would listen to this while they're driving and also be yes. driving. Uh, it's like an interactive <laughs> podcast, but I'm right. on it. I don't know. Well, th- uh, thank you for staying in there. Tell tell us uh, what you're doing when you're not driving, uh, renting a pickup truck and driving cross country. When I'm not renting a pickup truck, I am. You, you can usually find Charlotte with a cold glass of wine watching sports. No, um, I <laughs> have the People Sports Podcast. That was fun. We had Nick Swisher on this week, who is truly the the best hype man in the world. Um you know, follow me at the Wilder Things. Uh, wrote some stuff, made some videos, and um, yeah, it was a it was a good time, good week. Nice. I'm glad we got through this. And please, please get to wherever you're you're going. This is uh, safely. Uh, Dave, uh, minus three. Tell us what the bet boost is on minus three. Minus three. The bet boost is uh, the Eagles. People feeling good about Jalen Hurts and everything. Plus six and a half. Get in on that. Jeff Schwartz is. Uh, you can fade Jeff Schwartz. He's riding with the Cardinals. I, I got. 
I'm heavily invested in Kyler Murray having a big win in fantasy football, but I'm going to ride with mm. the Eagles plus the six and a half. Um, get in on that. FanDuel.com slash minus three. And also check that one out because we, uh, like we say, we diagnose what's going on with that Steelers offense. Ramon Foster has words of encouragement for Steelers fans who are down on Big Ben Roethlisberger right now. Um, also diagnosing how to beat the Chiefs, if anybody can do it. Ramon with some great thoughts on that. And then also, uh, I'll throw it to you, Sal, is to answer this question. Would you rather watch your father, because Michael Bean, <laughs> the character actor um, who works for Adam Carolla, his son works uh, for Carolla. Well, Michael Bean, the guy, yeah. you know, he's uh, he's uh, right. Uh, Kyle, uh, what's his name in, uh, in, in Terminator, the guy who saved mm-hmm. Sarah Connor from the Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who dies. He, he Michael Bean makes makes uh, makes sex on Sarah oh. Connor in that. Would you rather watch oh, your father die in a movie or have Definitely sex? Definitely die. Movie? Oh, die. Yeah, die. Maybe right? even How in is real that a life. Question? That's, yeah, for <laughs> I Ramon think Foster, in real life. I think I'd rather. Have that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are we talking about here? <laughs> that, the stakes are higher, but I, I think I'm with you. I think I'm with you. No, Sorry. No. Sorry, old man. It's been a good run, but the, you know, there 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 are lines no, I just we need, can't cross. We need doctor. There's some things I suspect I can't. <laughs> we need unsee. Dr. Damashek oh, to hang around for a long, long time. All right, guys. Uh what do we have on uh extra points podcast that we have this, but you've already listened to this. So check out minus three, check out the lemon pepper parlay podcast. Uh Jen and Jerry on Waiver Wired. They have some nice uh daily fantasy picks and some fantasy, you know, big playoff fantasy. Dave's in it this week. Um a lot of tips for this weekend. There's a fun laugh lines with me, Julia Sharp, and my co-host Rachel Benetta, who played Taylor Swift. Um, she sang a few bars about how great my picks are. Yes, that wasn't really Taylor Swift in that um, bit that I did on Thursday Night Football. That was, oh, that was Rachel, Rachel Benetta. Yeah, that was her. That was her. I loved it. I loved that bit, Sal. You really nailed that. Thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, you know, I find that these, these bits turn out better when I'm genuinely angry at the crew. And I was <laughs> for them not giving me props. <laughs> oh, it was good. The Menifee shot alone was great. But the yeah, you really roasted and, Terry. Why don't you get inspired? <laughs> Bonetta was great, but she was clearly inspired by um, by Charlotte singing. The oh, Lettuce. that's right. Lettuce. When are we going to see that? Charlotte, you have oh, a lot yeah, of time I... on the road. Try to figure out the you know, just keep recording into the device and uh, you'll come up with a song. This is how all the greats do it. Okay. 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 Right. I'm on it. And just a reminder to everyone out there, you may feel like an underdog, but please remember, you're all our favorites. See you Monday.